Hello and welcome to Device Week, a podcast from MedTech Insight. I'm Executive Editor Sean Schmidt, and I'm joined by Senior Reporter Ferdos Al-Farouk, also known as Danny. Okay, so there are a few things I want to talk with you about today, Danny, based on your recent reporting in MedTechInsight.com, including the Biden administration's use of the Defense Production Act and information you received about who's being looked at to be the next head of the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. But first, I got to ask you about your interview with the top Ericsson executive about the role 5G wireless will play in MedTech. That seems super interesting. Tell us what you found. Thanks, Sean. Yes, I had an interesting conversation with Ericsson's Warren Chaysazian about the potential of 5G wireless. As you know, Ericsson is a major Swedish cellular network provider, and the company has its hands in a lot of different technologies and industry sectors, from things like industrial controls to self-driving cars. Over the past couple of years, the company has also been getting into partnerships with medtech companies because it believes 5G technology will revolutionize how medical devices treat patients and share data. So what does that mean? What's Ericsson up to? Well, let me give you an example. Over the past few years, Ericsson has been working with Swedish diabetes device maker Brighter. Basically, like other medtech companies, Brighter makes a continuous glucose meter that is capable of sharing patient data with their healthcare provider. However, unlike other such devices that connects the CGM through Bluetooth to a nearby receiver station that is then connected over the internet, the brighter device is able to connect and share data over cell towers using an eSIM card, which allows it to be used basically anywhere in the world. There are also other CGM devices that can connect to a patient's phone, and then the data gets transmitted through cell towers. But the brighter device basically takes the Bluetooth technology and the need to carry your cell phone out of the equation. What this all means for Ericsson is that in general, they think more and more medtech devices in the future will be connected directly through cell towers, giving patients more mobility and physicians a better means of keeping an eye on their patients. As cell technology improves, especially with 5G technology entering the global markets, connected medical devices will also be able to transmit and receive large chunks of data more reliably. So what's next? Well, Ericsson is betting that we'll see new technologies come out of this capability. They're envisioning ambulances with built-in diagnostic devices that can transmit a patient's condition as they're being taken to the hospital. They also envision using such technology to remotely train and assist physicians using robots and haptic gloves. And on top of all this, 5G is expected to bring healthcare to remote regions through telemedicine. That all sounds very sci-fi, and I guess we'll have to wait and see if that all becomes a reality. Okay, so let's switch gears here and talk about the Biden administration's recent action regarding the Defense Production Act and picks for key agency positions. Let's start with the DPA and what Biden's recent move means for MedTech. Sure. As some of our listeners and readers may remember, the DPA was first invoked by former President Trump sometime after the pandemic started to increase production of things like ventilators and personal protective equipment. At the time, the medtech industry was a little nervous about whether this meant the government was going to commandeer their factories and potentially hurt their businesses. In the end, however, the Trump administration didn't really do much with the DPA. A lot of the ramping up of medtech products were already happening, so it seemed like an empty threat and kind of came after the fact anyway. The Biden administration has now also invoked the DPA, and the response is starkly different from the medtech industry. AvMed CEO Scott Whitaker sent the president a letter saying the industry wants a seat at the table when decisions around the DPA are made. 
In particular, he argues the medtech industry has already gained a lot of understanding on what needs to be done to ramp up production of critical products and can be a useful resource in the fight against the pandemic. It's definitely a very different tone than what we saw back when the Trump administration invoked the law. And finally, you got a bit of an exclusive this week about who will likely lead Biden's Medicare agency. I understand the list has been narrowed to three names, right? Yes, we're a little over a week into the new presidency, and while the administration understandably has a lot of other priorities, they still haven't said who they plan to nominate to lead CMS. During this pandemic, where people may be dealing with all sorts of medical costs, it seems like putting someone in charge of CMS would be on that priority list. While the White House hasn't officially named anyone yet, a source intimate with the administration's discussions told me that three names have been floating around. They're all former Obama administration CMS officials who also have a record of trying to help underrepresented communities. With the Biden administration's focus on social justice and tackling issues of institutional racism, it makes sense that they would want a candidate with that kind of a background. So the candidates that I've heard are on the current list include Chiquita Brooks-Lasseur, who is a managing director and expert in health policy at the law firm of Manat, Phelps & Phillips, Andy Slavitt, who you may know, and he was currently serving as deputy coordinator on President Biden's COVID-19 response task force, and John Bloom, who is VP of Medicare Federal Policy and Managing Director as a consulting firm, Health Management Associates. Obviously, it's not a done deal, and we'll keep our ears open if more candidates are added to the list or if anything changes. Sounds good. Thanks for your reporting, Danny. Listeners, you can check out these stories from Danny online now at MedTechInsight.com. And for all the latest MedTech policy and regulation news and analysis, you can follow us on Twitter at MedTech underscore Insight. For now, thanks for listening. 